I uh, had mentioned earlier, we are continuing in our, our sermon series, Escape, just the different things that um, we uh, escape from in, in life. La last week I uh, preached on addiction, and this week I'm going to uh, preach on hope, right? This hope that we have that is founded in Christ. One of the ways uh, that, that I like to escape is by reading books. Do we have any other readers out there? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a nice way to escape. Um, I have read seven books since the middle of June. That's a lot of books uh, for me. I'm, I'm a, uh, developing this, this love of reading. Uh, I have been in school, as, as many of you know, for the past uh, five years, and it's nice to finally be able to read what I want to read, right? I, I'm not having to read uh, different textbooks. And a, a friend of mine, I was sharing with her uh, this love of reading, and she said, oh, are you reading novels and uh, mysteries and all of this kind of thing? And I said, no. I said, I'm in this season where I am soaking up every ounce of God um, that I can get and how he is speaking to me through different books. Uh, you know, he speaks to us through the Bible. He speaks to us uh, through everyday occurrences. But I believe that he speaks to us all through, also through um, books. And so um, I've got this opportunity to read through some books that have actually been on my shelf for a minute, right? I just haven't had a chance chance to get to them. And uh, so a lot of these um, are on in my library, so to speak. And um, I will just tell you, I have a book problem. <laughs> I have a library here in my office and I have uh, a library at home in my, my home office as uh, well. But uh, I'm going to share uh, uh, coming probably in the next week or so, just kind of a little bit of a snapshot of these seven books that I've read this summer of my summer reading list to share with you. If it's anything that you guys might be interested in and just some of the things that I have gleaned um, from those. So one of the books um, that I read is this book by Christine Kane, and it's entitled Unexpected. And last fall, I had uh, the great privilege to uh, hear her in person. I was at a conference, and she was speaking, and she is just a dynamo. Uh, she is an Aussie, and she is from Australia. She is currently living in Southern California with her husband and two girls. And they founded an organization called A21 that rescues those affected by human trafficking. And they have uh, organizations that are all over, and locations all over uh, the world that are, are protecting those. Uh-oh. <coughs> the anchor fell. I still have hope. <laughs> I still have hope. Um, so anyway, but they have uh, locations, like I said, all around um, the globe to help those that are affected uh, by human trafficking. And I would describe Christine Kane uh, as a fierce Jesus follower, an evangelist, a lifesaver of those who are at risk, a public speaker, and an author, just to name a few. So I was really excited um, to read um, one of her books. And so I'm going to be referring to some of the content that she had um, uh, in this book throughout my message this morning. But as I start, I want to share a passage with you. I just love this passage. It's from Romans, and it comes from uh, the 15th chapter, the 13th verse. Hear these words. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Just let those words wash over your soul. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in her book, uh, Unexpected, Christine, she uh, highlights uh, different uh, stories of people that she has encountered, stories of hope. And she shared this story uh, of, a, of a woman named Lorianne. And uh, Lorianne wanted nothing more than to be a mother. Nothing more than to be a mother. 
but for whatever reason, she was never able to carry a pregnancy full term. And uh, she, she shared an experience after one of her miscarriages and a medical procedure. And, and, and she describes it as she was still groggy as she's coming out of this um, procedure. And the nurse told her that she could get dressed when she was ready. And some of us are familiar with that, right? We've had different procedures or surgeries. You can go ahead and, and get dressed when you're ready. And, and she said that she thought to herself, then what? Then what? Go home and pretend that nothing happened and act like everything is normal. Nothing is normal, she says, and will never be normal again. She says, all I wanted was a baby, my baby. All she could think about as she got dressed um, was that she will never be a mother, that she would never be able to celebrate Mother's Day. And, and, and she, we do this negative self-talk, right? And she's talking to her for herself, and she says, I'm flawed, I'm unrepairable, and there's nothing that anybody can do about it. And then, and then people always have good intentions, right? And, and some of those people are us sometimes. We have the best intentions, but sometimes what we say is not always the most helpful. People say things like, oh, you can try again. And it's not like you're losing an actual child, which her response is, yes, it is. It's exactly like losing a child. And she left that day feeling like all her hopes and dreams had died. And the grief and the sadness were overwhelming. And Lorianne felt like she had done all the right things in her Christian walk. She had done all the right things. She had, she had done all the right things. She had said all the right things. She had participated in all the right things. Yet she felt so distant from God. So distant from God. And this is when she knew she had a choice. That she could lean into God or she could walk away. And Lorianne, she chose to draw near to God. And as she drew near to God, he drew even closer to her. She said she knew her God was a God of hope and destiny. And she knew that she needed to press into him and to trust him. Years later, fast forward uh, in Lorianne's life, she said that she remarried and she became a mother, a stepmother of three children. And then she was also invited to be on the board of the largest child abuse prevention uh, programs in the United States. And then she also leads uh, with Christine Kane and her husband for their organization for human trafficking. She says that her work benefits children who don't have a mother to look after them, saying, isn't that what a mother does? Lorianne said she had to learn a different way to become a mother and how God fills our hearts in unexpected ways. One of the quotes that uh, she shared from the book that I absolutely love, we've got it up here on the, uh, on the screen. There are divine appointments beyond all of our disappointments. So whatever it is that you've got going on uh, in this moment, in this season of life that you're in, there are divine appointments beyond all of our disappointments. Just sometimes we can't see it in the moment that we are in. I love this uh, passage from Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I uh, have been wrestling lately with this idea of what it means and looks like to have Jesus in our life. What that really looks like to have Jesus in our life. You see, we, we identify as Christian, right? And that's a noun. It's a person, a place, a thing. We're a Christian, I, and I think that all of us would say that in this room, we're a Christian. 
But Jesus calls us to more, more than just this identity to say, to say uh, who we are, but, but, but also what we do. What does that look like in our lives? He gives us this commission to follow him. And that, that word follow, it's, it's a verb, it's an action. And it takes action on our part. So we're just not um, a, a name and in, entitled in, in to be a Christian, but what does that look like in our lives to really follow Jesus? I believe that there is a difference with that. In the Christian faith, we believe that, that, that you must be born again, born of the Spirit. We've talked about that before. I want to share with you uh, a little bit out of John 3, 1 through 8. Here are these words. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher that comes from God, for no one else can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is the spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it, where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. You see, we experience birth pains. We experience birth pains in our spiritual life. The old has gone and the new has come. And when we invite Jesus into our lives and accept his commission that he gives to follow him, it doesn't mean that our challenges and our trials and sometimes our hardships don't go away. Rather, we have a God who loves us and walks beside us as we follow him, right? We're in sync with one another. Uh, some of us here uh, are, are mothers, and, we, and we've had the privilege of, um, of giving uh, birth. And uh, we, we know that before we go and, and, and have this first child, we go through Lamaze class, right, or birthing class. And some of you uh, may remember this. Dads go along with it. And so um, you go along for that experience as well. And the goal, the goal of that is for the mother to stay focused and to be able to breathe, right, to breathe through those pains as they come. You see, just as we go through spiritual birth pains, we need to stay focused and we need to breathe. We need to breathe. God hears our groaning. Somebody may need to hear that this morning. God hears your groaning. He hears your groaning. In the midst of our groaning, we are to remain hopeful. Remain hopeful. Again, Romans 15, 13. We have it up here again. Hear these words, but with a little bit of uh, inflection. May the God of hope fill you, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow, overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, hope, it's this, this confident expectation. I want you to, to think about your life for a minute. What are you dealing with? What are you dealing with in this moment? What do you want to escape from? Honestly, there, I would think there are times in our lives that there are things that we want to escape from. And when we have hope, we have peace and joy. 
right? We have peace and joy when we have hope. But the first thing that we lose when we lose hope, right, if we lose hope, is our sense of peace and joy. That's the first thing to go. Hope is unshakable, confidence in God. It doesn't deny the reality of our pain, but it gives us life beyond the pain. Permission to believe in new beginnings and a new reality. Psalm 39, 7 says, but now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. The title of my message this morning is called A Prisoner of Hope. Prisoner of Hope. And it sounds kind of strange, doesn't it, to be a prisoner of hope? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's counter to what we think. And we think of being a prisoner. We think of all kind of imagery that, that comes to mind. We think of maybe a jail cell, uh, bars on the doors. We think of high security, right? Being a prisoner of hope in God, it's different. It's totally different. Instead of finding ourselves in a prison, we find ourselves in a castle. And, and I couldn't help but think of... Um, the, the song that we sang, Cornerstone, right? Cornerstone, that we find ourselves in this castle where God invites us into a fortress of a safe place, a place where we chain ourselves to the promises of God, to the promises of God. And we're tempted to want to escape whatever is going on in our lives, but God offers this spiritual fortress that helps us from despair and moves us to a new future. There is no need that God can't meet. There's no mountain that he can't move. No heart he can't mend. No door he can't open. When we are prisoners of hope, we don't get upset that things take a little bit longer than they, than they, they should. Or think, um, that they should be, and our, and our perspective changes when we're prisoners of hope. Instead of uh, focusing on what we don't have, we focus on what we do have. And always believe the best and not the worst. And we keep moving forward. We keep moving forward. Uh, I was with somebody uh, last weekend. There was a group of us uh, that were out and about, and he has an arrow tattoo right here on his forearm. And tattoos fascinate me. I have no desire to get a tattoo, right? But they, they fascinate me because there's a reason why people have tattoos, and I know many of you have tattoos. But uh, it's an arrow, and I said, talk to me about that. And he said that uh, he and his daughter uh, went to get tattoos. He wasn't sure quite what to get, so he decided to do an arrow because it symbolizes up, right? It's this, this vertical relationship that we have with God, but also moving forward, moving forward. That's what hope does. Hope is, is vertical, but it's also moving forward. So you have a choice. You've got a choice to be a prisoner of fear, a prisoner of despair, maybe a prisoner of the unknown, or you can be a prisoner of hope, a prisoner of hope. Hear these words from Hebrews 6, 13 through 20. It's the uh, NIV version. The certainty of God's promise. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no longer one greater, greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, 
We who have fled to take a hold of hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope, this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now, now keep in mind uh, in this passage that he's speaking to the Jews, speaking to their history, to their religious language so that they would understand. And we remember back in the Old Testament that in the, in the tabernacle it housed the presence of God in, in the Ark of the Covenant, Covenant, and it was placed behind the curtain. And only the great high priest could enter the most holy of holies one time a year uh, during Yom Kippur is what we call it now, uh, to atone for sins. You see, that hope, the hope used to lie behind the curtain before Jesus, before Jesus. And we remember how Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus forgives our sins, and he died, and he, and he rose and offers us life abundant, not only just eternal life, but life abundant here and now. And he is our high priest. He's our high priest and our way to the Father. This uh, imagery, uh, there's so much imagery in um, this, this passage. And, and we know that, that in early uh, ancient days that, that fishing was a livelihood. I mean, so many uh, men were, were uh, fishermen. And, and again, it was uh, fishermen for their families, but also it's how they uh, made a living. So they spent a lot of time on boats in the water fishing. And as we know, uh, an anchor is a device which is down here. You, can, you heard it fall, so there's an anchor up here, right? Uh, but there, there is an anchor is a device uh, that anchors a vessel to a body, uh, to the bed of a body of water to prevent the craft from drifting due to wind and current, right? It keeps that, that, that vessel, that boat anchored. And we know that's how it is in life sometimes. We face winds and a current in our lives, and we have this tendency this tendency to want to drift away from God. But we have this hope. We have this hope that anchors our souls, an anchor so strong and heavy that it can steady any situation. It offers protection in the storms, and it's a symbol. This, this anchor, it's a symbol of security and stability and being grounded and being grounded. I want to share again uh, this passage with you. It's, uh, again, Hebrews 6, 18. Picking up in um, part B of that verse, I'm going to read through 20. And this is the, um, the Passion Translation. This is something that is new on my radar screen. It's uh, a new translation of the Bible, and it's um, a little more Holy Spirit-driven, uh, and I absolutely love uh, the, this version. So I want to share uh, again, this text with you, but from the, from the Passion Translation. And I want to encourage you, and I've said this before, but read different translations. God's going to speak to you through different translations. There's so many out there. We are so blessed with different, different versions. So hear these words. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort, for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time an unshakable hope. We have this certain hope that is, that hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Oh my gosh. 
we have a certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. And our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the secret threshold and where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone before us. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Friends, never lose hope. Never lose hope. I want to invite the team to come forward as we pray. Won't you join me? Father, we come before you and we just thank you for your word. God, we thank you for uh, this thing called translations. These interpretations, God, of, of your word to help us to better understand what it is that you are speaking to each and every one of us. God, there's some of us in this space that are in a season of maybe uncertainty. Maybe of conflict. Maybe in a season where there's some dynamics happening in their family life. Maybe some changes in job, maybe some, some health concerns. God, we press into you in this moment. We press into you. And we hold tight to this anchor. This anchor that we just don't throw out in the middle of the water to nowhere, but an anchor that is firm, planted firmly in you. That this anchor is planted in God, and it's where our hope comes from. So God, I ask that you would just cover, just cover us right now, each and every one of us, to fill us. with a hope that overflows, that gives us a peace that passes all understanding in an unspeakable joy, whatever it is that we're facing. Because we know with God, all things are possible. So we thank you for this, this anchor, this image of an anchor of hope that anchors our souls. We thank you for this time this morning as we've come to be in your very presence. And the beautiful thing about inviting you into our presence is that you go with us, that you go with us today as the anchor of hope in our lives. We praise you and we love you and we thank you for this time. And we come before you now to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples. Won't you join me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.